heavy track today. Yeah, not vibing risky lettuce, getting sinker vibes. I don't know, says on the Tab app she's firming. Don't just vibe it, get expert tips in Tab's new race feed. Tab, we're on. What are you really gambling with? Osmos at the clock tower up to deny knowledge. They're stride for stride. Amakura still two lengths off those. It's Osmos. Deny knowledge is brave on the inside. Deny knowledge kissed. He's kicking. Deny knowledge. Deny knowledge. Oh, that's a brave win. Beat Osmos and also It Amakura. was a brave win and it was Jamie Carr in the saddle. Deny knowledge. And good to see McKitt with a winner over Melbourne. Cup week again. He joins us. Morning, Mick. Morning, Michael. How are you? Very well, mate. Well done uh, with the nine knowledge. She is tough. I think well summed up by Maddie Hill there. Yeah, she is. Uh, she's um, she never goes away. I, you know, some of her runs. I look back on when she ran in the Jeffrey Balmain last year at Sandown, and uh, she got taken on and taken on and taken on. First up over nine furlongs, and you know, got beat less than a length. She's uh, she, she doesn't go away. I know you um, you do a lot of the sports science on your horses. When you got her from over in the UK, um, what what are some of her her lung capacity tests and and the like? Because she seems to be a horse that can sustain a good high speed gallop. Yeah, no, she 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 produces very little lactate. She's um, unusual. She's got a, quite a, quite a good shape about her. She doesn't look like a real stayer, but she tests like one. Um, so. Being able to buffer that acid is a big key to that. So she's uh, she produces a reasonable lactate. She tests as good as any horse I've ever tested in that regard, and that's why I've always been bullish about getting up and trip. But you still got to um, rely on her aerobic system more than anaerobic system. And if she sort of runs eleven eights, eleven sevens, she's great. When she sort of hits eleven one, eleven two, where you're beating deep into anaerobic, and it sort of it ruins her finish. But um, when she gets it right, she's um, she's got a you know I'm sure she's got a mile and a half in her. Just got to. Go right. So it's a fine balance then, obviously. Her biggest win was in the, the Country Oaks, over 2,200, where she won by 10 lengths in a in a more inferior grade than what she was meeting in the Group 2 Matriarch. So is that what your balance is, as, as trying to place her? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you know, probably um, we're, very, we're very keen to get it to a mile and a half. Just the Caulfield race sort of went wrong for us, and that's when we sort of thought, hang on, rethink about this, because... You know, it's not easy during the spring carnival, all the noise and things. She just gets a bit an- an- anxious. Mm. Um, she's not, she's a very hard-headed woman at home. She's quite a quiet mare, but she's very strong in her track work. And uh, when we first got her, she came from Ireland with a uh, reputation for not settling very well. Well, I just had the attitude, well, don't fight her, just go with her. And then we sort of won that race at Gosford last year and, and she won at Caulfield and then she went to Geelong. And the day of Geelong, though, she sort of went along about 12 for the furlong, you know? If you watch that race, everyone came out and went very steady and she just rolled along at 12 for the furlong, which she can maintain for a long time. So it's just having that, it's that threshold of speed. It's just perfect where she can uh, maintain it for a long time and not produce a lot of lactate, and, and that's the key. We don't see horses back up uh, as often as we do, except for Melbourne Cup Week, when there's huge prize money in races. And her run in the Empire Rose was was enormous in what was a, a really strongly run Empire Rose. And we've seen so many horses, including yours, who backed up um, less than a week and a week later and put in peak performances. Is there something in that, Mick? Maybe they're not fit enough. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the trainers have got it wrong. We used to back them up a lot more, didn't we? Back, I remember when I first started training, we'd back them up a lot. Trainers like all lace and that, we all did it. In the, you know, it was uh, every, everyone, most horses had two runs over the car. Mm. They'd run on the Saturday end of the Melbourne Cup. We did a lot. Um, I don't know if the horses we've got now are as, uh, as robust as those horses back then. I don't know if we're breeding them any, a bit weaker. I don't know how, 
what's happening there, but they don't seem to be advocating as much. But I'd always planned to back her up. That was our play. We thought we'll just do the edge off her. We'll run her in the two mares races. So, and um, and she's a great doer. She eats well and chokes well, so it was never going to be an issue. I didn't think. And um, and Jamie said on Saturday she could have ridden her anywhere she wanted to in the race, so that was good. What do you do with her now? Oh, it's been classic. Um, yep. We're keen to try that mile and a half while she's in good form. Uh, we're going to have a crack at that race. More overseas horses. Um, is that what your blueprint of the future is, trying to get some more of these genuinely well-bred staying types? Uh, the, the ownership group um, are, are keen on the bloodlines and they buy the mares. They've got quite enough mare that ran well, so they congesture. Same sort of thing, you know, nothing, not a great, not great form, like nice form. Um, form they think that they will work out here with a bit of pedigree to stay. So um, that's been their motto. And those mares do seem to get out here and once they have acclimatised, they seem to improve and keep improving. So, um, yeah, I, look, I think the market over there is, you know, when you look at the Middle East, what they're doing, it's going to get harder and harder for Australians to mm. buy over there. I wish, wish we'd sort of be doing it. A bit more of that in our own backyard, but um, it's got so expensive to buy a big horse. So, uh, the, uh, Adrian Whittingham, Honey Game Study, he's got a start and he wants these mares to be brood mares. So he buys fillies or mares. Um, he often races them over there for a little while before he brings them out if they're good enough. And uh, um, I think he's had one recently which he didn't think was good enough, so it, it was moved on. But um, they're always on the lookout for those mares that might come in and do well. You love the staying horses and, and training them. Is is it getting tougher to play in that market because owners want instant returns and we don't have that staying stock? Yeah, they're cheaper to buy as yearlings, but you can wait a long time. And if the horse doesn't work out, you know, three years most, and you can see the markets, how it's changed. Like For me to go and buy an $80,000 yearling and try and syndicate it, it'd take me three months. Mm. If I go and spend a million pounds on a European qualified for the Cups, it'll take me five minutes. And, that, and and everyone seems to be after that instant success, you know. Uh, like, it's crazy what we pay for them overseas. Uh, but, but that's just the way it is. And I think people have got better at it. You see a lot of these horses now, they're not running the Cups the first year, they're waiting the second year, and, and, and they seem to be better off doing that. But, uh, geez, yeah, I would, would rather we were doing it back here or New Zealand or someone was doing it, but we don't seem to be heading that way. Are there any are there any stallions out there and broodmares that you can see there might be some light at the end of the tunnel in regards to breeding better stayers? Um, well, some of these Japanese horses are going well, aren't they? Yeah, Maurice, I know Aladdin. Um, uh, you know, horses like Tarzino, I think, are still capable if they get the right time and, and effort. I think something for me that matriarch stakes is the only. There's, there's only three stakes mares races beyond a mile in Australia. That's the the Pona stakes in Sydney, the Centre stakes in Adelaide, and the Matriarch. Really? So if you go to yeah, if you go to Europe, like they'll have mile and a half Group One mares races. You know, uh, and I wonder if something we should be looking at maybe giving some more those mares that we have an opportunity to stay uh, at some black type level. It might encourage people to keep them a bit longer. And anyway, that's something I, you know I just think maybe we should look at because we're killing ourselves if we keep just spreading what we're doing. I've got Matty Welsh in the studio later. I'll put that to him. Uh, overall, you're, you're, a, you're a deep thinker about racing, programming and everything. What was your viewpoint of um, of the Melbourne Cup week and, and how this carnival has shaped out with the, re, I suppose, um, re, reformatted program? Yeah, I think the 1,000 guineas is probably going to work better as a race, isn't it? Uh, um, I don't know if 
You've got to change people's habits. I don't know if they're going to... People spend a week at Flemington. They spend a lot of money going to that. It's got a, it's just special. It is. Because Flemington Carnival is very special. I, my opinion, I'm altruistic, I guess, so I'd love to see them bring back the races in a couple of weeks. Maybe have every race, in my opinion, should be a stakes race. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had eight or nine races there worth just Saturday prize money. You know, and I wonder if we need to clutter up... I love the Royal Ascot model, you know, where every race is a highlight um, over the five days. And... Um, I think Melbourne, the Melbourne Cup especially, gets lost at race seven for me. But they do that because they don't want any later in case the track gets too hard. Well, I'll just get rid of two races. You know, it should be the second last race or the last race. And Mark Zara and Sam Friedman should be access to the crowd and Mm. sign autographs. And we should make more of that. That's our biggest shop window, that Melbourne Cup. We have have some really ordinary races run over that week, uh, over that day. I just don't know. I know the reason they do it. Like, they'll put Saturday prize money on and then for that Saturday prize money they'll turn over six million on that race. Wouldn't matter if they put twenty thousand dollars on, on that day, people are betting, but I still think we can cut our heart out by doing that because um Mel McCart to me race seven, three more races after it gets a bit lost, you know. Uh just like to see it push back another hour or so, maybe the last or second last race and we celebrate it a bit more. What do you think of the um I suppose reception of the spring carnival outside of the racing bubble is here it seemed to have been more positive than in recent years yeah i'd say that i mean they've done a great job keeping the horses sound haven't they um that's been a great thing uh, having no instances I, I don't know if we're very good at our pr i mean i first thing i did after number cup was put the news on channel nine news and the you know the story was mark zara and sanford winning the Melbourne cup what a great thing the next line was three horses pulled up lame i mm. wonder if we you know, with stewards tweeting that out on Melbourne Cup Day, they could wait 24 hours before that happened because people don't really understand that. And there is a, a groundswell of people who are anti-racing. We, we got to, can't ignore that at all. And I don't know why we, we don't manage our PR a bit better in that regard. Uh, Mick, always good to get your thoughts. Well done with Deny Knowledge. Uh, teaming up with Jamie Carr, who's a superstar. Have you got a... I, I, I can't ask you because we, don't, we get bad luck, but is there another horse from the stable that's going well? I think Kind Jess is going well. We're heading for the same. She ran first up the other day in that benchmark 90. Um, she goes to the summit and then onto that race at Gosford that Dynage won last year. So mm. she seems progressing well. So I think those sort of races are within her grasp. I've got Ollie on a little later. Um, how would you sum up Damien Oliver in all the years you've known him? And has he ridden much for you? Yeah, 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 he has. He's, we've had a bit of luck. Not a lot. Um, not a lot. I haven't really used him a lot. But, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Fantastic athlete, isn't he? Just, just generally athlete. Look how look good he looks. Look how he looks at the mm. moment. You know, for his age, he's uh, enduring. You know, and um, and very smart, like he's cleverer than the average jockey, I would say. <laughs> yeah, he rides one for you. I can assure every rider one for me one day, and I just think he was quite ready. And he got off and said, "I'll win next day." He said, "But make sure you give it a good gallop on the Tuesday." Like you know, he, he, was, <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he was all over it. He was, um, you know, very. To stay as enthusiastic as he has, he'll still go to sail and what it made if you like it, um, and and to look so healthy after all. Yeah, he has some bad falls, and I just think he's an amazing athlete. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, well done again on the weekend, Mick. Thanks, Michael. Mick Kent. Uh, so deny knowledge heading uh, to the zipping out over twenty four hundred metres, and always interesting. Talks a lot of sense when you get him on.